Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, we're going to talk about something that I grew up with in my life as a child and cherish as an adult, and something that some of you have grown up with and may or may not cherish as much as you might wish to later. Also, some things that some of you have never had a chance to actually see. And I'm talking about record albums. Vinyl record albums. I know, I know, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a thing. But if you really look at it, these albums have been around a really long time. And then they went away, and now they're coming back. And really, it's an art form we've recovered so to me, that's really cottage core. So today we're going to talk about record albums, their place in my life, the place that they've had in history a little bit, how to take care of them, and a little bit about Detroit and the Midnight Funk Association. I know, right? What is that? Well, hold on. Take out your big book of stuff and turn to the music and or humanity section because we're going to talk about records today here on my magical cottage core life let's get started so when you think about an artist dropping an album you think about an electronic recording that you can download through a telephone or through another electronic device, such as a computer or a laptop. However, originally, they were recordings of music and sound that were not in the electronic form, but only in the physical form. And this is when they were on cylinders and later flat vinyl discs called records and it wasn't very difficult to get your hands on them but it was rather difficult to keep from breaking them I remember when I was younger my friend's little sister her name was Tony she would come over and play in my record collection and no matter how many times I told her please be careful she was an aspiring DJ and inevitably she would scratch up and crack and break my record albums to the point where I banned her from even entering my home. They are not necessarily delicate but they do require special handling because they're not as sturdy as you might think. So let's get into how to take care of your records. Now we're talking about record albums and I know that most of you know that they are 33s or LPs, long playing albums. That's what an LP is. And then there's EPs, which are extended play, which are not necessarily albums that you would always see 
disc jockeys see them more often. These usually, instead of having a bunch of songs, generally have one or at most three or four, and that's rare, songs on them that are just really long remixes of them. But again, they go at 33 RPMs, or 33 rotations per minute, for the speed of the record. But they're not the only one. Some records are 16, so they go a lot slower. And when I was growing up, we even had records that were 78s in the house. That's pretty old school. They go very, very quickly. And those records were super brittle and super thick. So if you find some 78s, hold on to them. I gave my uncles a box of my records to hold when I was moving around, and they disappeared. I kind of think that they probably were destroyed, and he never said anything about it. But you know, just chalk it up to the game. I'll never see those records again. But that doesn't mean that I don't have the memories of the songs on them. So, the first thing you want to do is separate your records by the speeds of the records and the styles. Are they long playing? Or are they extended play? Or are they the smaller records, which are 45s? Because 45 RPMs, well, those are a little bit faster, and they're actually really cool. One of the things you want to do is when you have a record album, is that you want to make sure you're handling it on the edges. In the center, there's an area covered with um, an adhesive and paper that has no grooves, no recording. That's the label. And then you have the outer edge. So when you're handling your record album, you put your fingers along the edges only. Or if you're holding it from the center, with your finger in the centermost part where the hole is, and then maybe from the side. This way you don't get them dirty. If you get dirt or oil from your fingertips, on the album itself where the grooves are, your record will not play the same way after a while because it builds up dirt and it builds up oil and grease and that is where the sound is. So that's the first thing. Learn how to handle your record carefully and mindfully so you don't damage it. The next thing you want to do is know how to place your record on the um, the record player on the platter. Listen, I know that most people see those old movies where people just slam it down. Don't do that. Put your record on the platter, especially if you're on the needle of an older set. Set it up there and use the arm that comes around and set it on there carefully. And the record player will begin to play and it'll drop it at the controlled rate it's supposed to be and everything will be fine. In this way, you can put several records on, under that arm on the needle and they will automatically play. You don't have to manually change them as long as you have everything set up properly. Also, make sure your needle is good. If your needle is broken or damaged, it can damage your album. So, if you have a record player, make sure you have spare needles. Let's just, just say that you need to clean your record. What do you do? Well, I'm going to tell you what you're not going to do. 
you're not going to spray WD-40 or lubricant or coconut oil or all these random things like Dawn dish soap. Don't do those things. Although I do love Dawn dish soap. But that's not what record players are cleaned with. They do have special solvents that you can use to clean your albums. Although, while you can clean everything like the player itself, cleaning the record is not necessarily something you want to use a random solvent for. But in a pinch, you can use a low concentration of isopropyl alcohol with a soft, static-free cloth. Again, a little bit of Google can help you or talking to your local music store. Make sure you get a good time that you have time to go in and actually talk to the person running the shop so that you get everything you need. And never, ever, ever use anything abrasive on the album. Never push down with force. Not only can you break it, but you can also warp it. Remember, when it's warm outside, vinyl gets malleable and you can warp your record very badly simply by pressing on it when the temperature is too high. Now if you're fortunate to have found these records in proper care and they are in their sleeves, then keep them in their sleeves when they're not in use. Don't just have them sitting around in boxes or on tables. They need to be protected. That's why they have sleeves and they have covers. The sleeve is the inner part, which is paper. The cover itself is the cardboard outer section. If you have 45s, you may not have an actual cover, just the sleeve. Either way, keep them protected that way. It not only protects the surface and the grooves, but it also keeps them from being scratched up by other records that may be sitting next to them. And one more thing. Don't lay them flat. Records are not meant to be stored horizontally. They're supposed to be stored vertically, like books on a bookshelf. Find yourself a milk crate or something similar and put your records in there. Why? Because this way, they don't have the likelihood to warp as badly as they would normally if they're laying flat. You know, one of the things I loved about growing up in Detroit was the fact that no matter what time of night you stayed up, there was something cool on the radio. And I really loved Late Night Radio, which is the name of the song listening we're listening to in the background here of this episode by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Thanks, Kevin. Um, you could always find something really cool on the radio. I was a member of the Midnight Funk Association with the electrifying mojo and I used to be able to listen for for everything from the B-52s to Parliament Funkadelic Um, anything could come out of that radio and you didn't know what it would be you know you just had to hang on for the ride and if I didn't want to hear that at that time I could scoot up the dial and listen to Alan Allman and listen to some really smooth uh, cool music like you know, romantic music, or I could just go over and listen to the jazz songs, or even classical was on the dial. Everything was here. I mean, everything. And that's why albums are so important to me. And that, to me, kind of links me to people 
when albums first got started. The same people who were listening to classical albums when they first came out and listening to the 30s albums and the 50s albums and the 60s and the 70s, we all had that sense of wonder when we went and bought an album that had an artist on it that we heard on the radio and now it was in our house and we could play it and it was so exciting and and that was just a wonderful experience and it's a lot different than listening to it electronically it it smells different it feels different it's it's just completely unique in its experience because now you have this sound and this physical uh, representation and repository of this sound at your fingertips and it's absolutely amazing now I don't want to leave you hanging about the Midnight Funk Association because it's such a unique name that I figure I need to give it a little bit more attention by itself so the DJ's name was the Electrifying Mojo, and this is during the time when New Wave was coming out. I know that you're like, what is New Wave? This is kind of like the time period where you had rap coming out, like Sugar Hill Game rap, you had music from Parliament Funkadelic was in full swing, but going out, you had the B-52s and their, their heyday uh, really getting started. Um, you had all kinds of musics converging in one place. Don't forget, we also had the we had we had <laughs> the punk scene here in Detroit. We had we had everything. I mean, Detroit is music city. It really is. We had Motown. We have all these different kinds of music, and we still do. And it's always evolving. You know. The MC5, I'm not going to say it on here, but there's a famous a famous lyric, kick out the jams, and I'm not going to talk about the rest of that sentence on this podcast, um, not today, it may be a different one, and um, it just, it was a different time, and it was when you could unite all cultures over the, the airwaves. You know, disc jockeys were kind of like ambassadors of soul. It was absolutely wonderful. And it wasn't just that they were playing music. They would connect with their audiences. They would connect with you. And he had a phrase. He would say, um, when you're at the end of your rope, you know, don't say damn, say whoa. And it's like, don't say double damn, say whammy whoa, if I'm not mistaken. And if you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot on it and hang on you know he was he was inspirational and so many of the DJs back then were not to say they're not now and he was doing all this while spinning albums and and dealing with a soundboard and electronics and just making things happen it was just absolutely wonderful it was it was a time of of just not innocence but of the ingenue when it came down to our music scene switching over to proto-techno that's my phrase I'm going to call it proto-techno uh, this is before the electronic music uh, went around the world it was DJs like him that helped do that and yes techno was started in Detroit
Now let's talk about how to put them into the album cover. Please don't just drop them in. Don't smash them in. Don't push them in hard. They are delicate. You can crack them. You can warp them. You can chip them. You can do all sorts of damage to them. And even though the cover and the sleeve are supposed to be protective, you can actually get into the habit of doing that so much that you cause a split in the bottom. And if you're just jamming the record in there, it could go right through the sleeve right through the cover and fall directly onto the floor watching an album you've paid a lot of money for hit the floor that way it's like watching a fine glass shatter because nine times out of ten it will crack or it will chip and that is absolutely heartbreaking Now, for those of us who remember the 80s and the 70s, where we won't get into how old I am, they remember the eras of scratching for DJs. They still do it now. Or if you were of a certain age, like Gen X, you used to play your records backwards on the record player by pushing them to hear certain songs. And you actually, on some old phonograph kits or stereophones, you actually could hit reverse on the actual album and you would be looking for special messages from Ozzy Osbourne or from Led Zeppelin so yeah it was a it was a thing the 80s and the 70s were a weird time remember we were the children of the children of the 60s that in and of itself right there but the thing you want to remember is that when you're doing things to the records with the needles you can damage them so please if you're going to do it start off slowly and don't decide you're going to try to practice and learn how to do scratching on your record unless you have a practice record that's already been damaged you know you want to learn how to scratch from scratch get it scratch from scratch I can, I can hear you moaning. Oh, come on, that was a good one. You know you love my mom jokes. Alright, so yeah, you can definitely do that. Another thing you'll find is that as you begin to collect albums, all albums are not black vinyl. Some of them have specialty colors, especially if you go to a DJ uh, one-stop. And we have a lot of one-stops that used to be all over Detroit. You know, back in the day when I was helping promote concerts, you know, that doesn't matter right now. We're not going to get into that. But, yeah, you can find special uh, limited releases that have different color vinyl. If you remember way back when Motley Crue first started here in the States, they even had um, one of their records with red vinyl, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was them. I think it was Live Wire. But, you know what? I'm dating myself because... I remember reading about that in Cream Magazine here in Detroit. And if you don't know about Cream Magazine or Hit Parader, then this is the time to jump into the stacks. Get it? The stacks. Musical history. Book stacks. History. You, you do get it, right? Okay, never mind. And 
I guess that's it. I guess that that's enough for right now. I mean, we've given you a lot to look at, and this will be the time that you might want to go and grab that, you know, that beautiful music that may be on a friend's uh, record collection or maybe your own or start your own or look into your parents and uh, see what you want to play. You know, it could be anything from recordings of Chiquetti Ballet lessons and levels because you do point ballet all the way up to maybe that 1984 album by Van Halen that had the weird baby on the front or possibly Kiss. You wanted the best. Oh, sorry. I had a special place in my heart for Kiss. Detroit Rock City. So until next time. I love sharing these kinds of things with my friends, and we're friends, right? So, tell me what your favorite record is. I'll see you next time on my Magical Cottagecore Life.